Welcome to Going Out Your Door, the podcast to get you out your door and on the road. My name is Marjorie Frymouth, and we have a very special episode today in honor of an upcoming holiday. I always love having guests on the podcast just because it's more fun to have a conversation, and I love hearing about things that are not necessarily my experience and different perspectives and all of that. So today, I brought back quite possibly the most popular guest we have ever had on Going Out Your Door. Oh boy, sorry, we're already laughing. Uh, The reaction last time she was on was just out of control, huge spike in the downloads and all of that. So welcome back to my mother, Linda. I'm so happy to be here. (laughs) So we thought we would have her back on the podcast just for a little pre-Mother's Day chat about the dynamics of having a daughter who lives in other countries and travels around the world and all of that. So Mm -hmm. welcome. Thank you. So I do have just a a general outline or a few questions, I guess, to just jump right in talking about me. (laughs) (laughs) I love talking about Uh, you. (laughs) In your memory, do you do you remember when you first noticed me wanting to travel or being intrigued by that? I would have to say that I have felt that you've always enjoyed traveling. Hmm. I think about when you were younger and you went, I can't remember where now, but off somewhere with Nana Phyllis on a plane. <laughs> Nana Phyllis is my grandmother. <laughs> did, did you go to Virginia with her She on the She plane? took me to Indiana. Yeah. Indiana, okay. <laughs> the exotic locale that is Indiana. <laughs> um, but it seems like you've hopped around with various family members at mm-hmm. times. Um, the big one was... Uh, in high school, I don't know if we have the same memory of I this. I was wondering if you didn't bring this up, I was going to. And okay, I'll see what you say. <laughs> it may not be the same thing at all. You did not want to go on to college. You oh, wanted yeah. to travel. Yeah. Oh, I, I fully remember that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I actually, what I was thinking of was before that, it was probably like sophomore or junior year. I don't remember how this came into our awareness, but there was an option for study abroad programs. And I knew I wasn't confident or, you know, confident enough to go for a semester or a year, but I remember there were summer programs. And this is totally bizarre, but there was one in, I think it was Budapest, where it was like leatherworking. It sounds so weird, but it was like a crafts-based program. And I remember, I think maybe jewelry, which is funny, or leatherworking or things like that. And I was really into it. But I was also so terrified of the idea. Mm, And it was one of those situations that we found ourselves in several times where I'm 50-50 conflicted and I can't decide. And I remember like crying on the couch about (laughs) wanting this so badly, but not being able to do it. Oh, isn't I'm sorry. (laughs) I don't remember it. But the the 50-50 is definitely Mm -hmm. uh, you... There you were, wanting to travel, mm-hmm. but you were a bit young. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I definitely remember the college thing as well. And, it, yeah, we, we could go into all kinds of, <laughs> yeah, that's not, not talking about college necessarily, all kinds of psychology there with what I was going through with homesickness and everything. But, yeah, yeah I definitely wanted to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, for you, what was that like to see that in me? Like, what was your response to a daughter who wanted to yeah. get on a plane? <laughs> Well, happy is the number one. I mean, who wouldn't, well, 
I hope who wouldn't <laughs> want their their child to go and explore and experience new things. But as it got closer to reality, the nervousness mm-hmm. clicked in. Um, so I was definitely happy and nervous. Was there any difference for you in me studying abroad versus moving abroad to work? Yes, okay. huge, yeah. The study abroad left us full of confidence, <laughs> and you had people that you could rely on if things went wrong. Yeah. Um, it Austria just didn't feel that far away. And Czech Republic is right next to Austria, and that's where I went afterwards. <laughs> yes, uh, I definitely remember that yeah. feeling. But no, I would say anybody who is hesitant in the slightest, do a study abroad program, because there are so many structures to it. Yeah, they really take care of you yeah. in most of those programs. Yeah. But when you went over to the Czech Republic, mm-hmm. yes, I don't know why, but I kind of did freak freak out a bit I tried very hard not to show it Mm -hmm. but for some reason when you took off on that plane we also had less that was still in the age of less communication yes I did not have a smartphone at that point um yeah so we didn't have the like just jump on whatsapp and like hey I've landed I'm in the airport all of that exactly yeah exactly and then what about because I was in Austria Czech Republic and then what about Europe versus Asia was there anything different in going to Taiwan I'm a bit embarrassed to say this because I think it shows a total cultural non-awareness, but Europe just felt more American. Yeah, more Western. Yeah, and Asia felt so far away, and even though we had been to Okinawa as a family and Japan, it just still felt so alien to me. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, that was a little bit harder. And I got to say, your first apartment and first phone call, (laughs) if I remember, or not a phone, I don't know how we communicated right then, the spider on the wall. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I only saw, I think, three of those spiders total in five, six years in Taiwan, and one of them was the very first day, and it was in my apartment, it was in my bathroom, it was probably three or four inches in diameter. That was not a great welcome to Taiwan. So for me, when I think about, again, our dynamic, me studying abroad, you being my mother, all of that, what always jumps into mind is all of the things that you've done to facilitate me traveling and living abroad. It's like she's the one behind the scenes, <laughs> like I don't, so supporting, doing all these things that make give me the ability to do this. And other than all of the unconditional support, which is very, very much appreciated, uh, just some of the practical stuff that people might not necessarily think of that you need someone back home doing for you. Um, And so the first, the very first thing, because this has happened many, many times, is just all of the banking. I know that's kind of dry and boring, but all of the times that you have helped me with banking situations from the states. I don't know if you have anything to add about that, but uh, go to your local bank and ask them. <laughs> As a parent, um, I had to rely on on uh, yeah. them to tell me. And we, because we've lived the last two places in a very small town with very small local banks that don't have international connection. Mm-hmm. That added, that was an added dimension of confusion. Yeah. When, yeah, that's always a funny thing. The the 
few times that I've left Taiwan and tried to transfer all of my money back, we are, I keep promising a deep dive on like international banking transfers, but I don't want to do it because it's so impossible. <laughs> it is. But trying to transfer a, a chunk of money from Taiwan to the States, they always want all of these international codes. Mm -hmm. And I go to the bank in Taiwan, I'm like, my bank in Colorado does not have these codes. <laughs> and they're like, how is that possible? I'm like, you don't understand how small this bank is. But yeah, just with that. And then even logging in, I mean, this is for banking and other things, but the number of times I've had to use your mm -hmm. phone number to verify things that, you know, we, we get on WhatsApp or yep. we're at the same time yep. and I say, okay, I'm going to log into this site. I need you to verify it on your phone. Yep. Or give you a password yeah. or something like that. It is totally amazing to me in this day and age that banking isn't easily international. Mm -hmm. Um, it's absurd. It is very much absurd. Are any bankers listening? Because yeah. fix it, please. As a parent, it'll make your life a whole lot easier if you can just do a transfer back yeah, and forth. Yeah, it really doesn't make yeah. any sense to me. But that's that's definitely one thing, the banks and the apps and all of that. Another one, which was more of an event, uh, was when I called you at it was 2 a.m. your I time from Taiwan, woke you up in the middle of the night, said, I'm okay, I'm okay, I'm okay. <laughs> Thank goodness you say that first. <laughs> uh, because I was getting my health check in Taiwan. You have to get these standard health checks to get work visas there. And foolishly, I did not travel with my vaccine records, which now I know better, especially these days. <laughs> yeah. um, but I, I didn't have proof of my childhood vaccinations. And at the time, I think this, this might have changed. I can't remember. But at the time, six years ago, Taiwan was requiring MMR. Yes. Yeah, they yes. were requiring yep. the MMR vaccine. If you couldn't prove that you'd had it, you had to get it again right then and there in order to live and work in their country, which mm -hmm. is interesting. Mm -hmm. But I didn't have proof. I said, I, I promise, I promise I've had it. They were like, we don't, we don't care. You need to show us the document. So I walked out of the hospital and I called my mom and mm -hmm. she at 2 a.m. went downstairs <laughs> into our file folders and all of that to try to find and then send pictures of yep. the and documents. Yep. I The thing I remember most about that experience was it worked. <laughs> I found them. You did. That just blew me away that after numerous moves and mm -hmm. cleaning out of stuff, there it was, your file with those in there, and was able to take those pictures and get it to you. That a victory is what you I remember. You absolutely came through. They still did not accept it. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> I think it was that they didn't accept photographs or something yeah, like that, something so like. I had to re-get the MMR vaccine. It was yeah. totally fine. There was no problem <laughs> with that. But uh, so the second and third times that I came back and applied for visas in Taiwan, mm -hmm. I had those papers. But I'm almost 31 years old, so those records are from a different era. Yeah. And so I had... I think three or four different forms that, you know, had been photocopied yep. and were hard, yep. illegible and hard to read. And exactly. one from the doctors and one from my elementary school. Mm -hmm. And they, they questioned it. I really, really had to push for them to yeah. accept that the second time around. So that's just to say that like the, the vaccine landscape of the world <laughs> is changing. <laughs> totally. Oh. Yeah. I wonder if there'll be any way to, get everything online. I think there is facilitated by the COVID vaccine uh, yeah, records. I think yeah. I've seen some of those apps that are now holding your digital, you know, vaccination okay. record will let you put in other vaccinations okay. as well. I'm not sure. Well, chuck up on that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
I will say, I just need to put a little plug in here for Taiwan's National Healthcare and Socialized Medicine. <laughs> Yay! Um, when I lived in Taiwan and had their healthcare, I had an, a health insurance card that had all of my records from the time I was there on wow. that card. Yeah. So I could go to any hospital and they would put it in a card reader and pull up everything. Isn't that wonderful? It's oh. exactly the way it should be. Exactly. Anyway, <laughs> I could go on and on and on about Taiwan's healthcare system. Moving on to another vaccine and healthcare-related situation, this was another funny one. Coming back to the states last summer, moving back, uh, the U.S. was at that time and still is, I believe, requiring a negative COVID test to travel, and at the in the U.S. at the time, it was fairly easy to get a COVID test in a pharmacy or a doctor's mm-hmm, office, mm-hmm. I believe, mm-hmm. from what I understand. In Taiwan, it was not. They were mm-hmm. a little bit challenging yep. to get. You had to go to certain hospitals at certain times. You had to book ahead of time. And they were crazy, crazy expensive. expensive. I think I paid $200 for my COVID test to fly back to the States. Well, (laughs) skipping ahead, yeah, I paid $200 (laughs) for my COVID test. But they had just come out with that one CDC-approved rapid test for travel. And so we thought, hey, maybe I can use this instead. So you immediately went and bought it, and they would only sell packs of, like, six. So I think you paid over $100. I I think it was, like, $120. And then the shipping. (laughs) Well, the shipping, but also remember that it was being... Okay, so it was being shipped here overnight or something like that. We were not here. Yeah. So my friend down the street Mm -hmm. had to pick it up for us, and I had already had the package and FedEx it to Taiwan. Which was another exorbitant oh price, but I don't want to know how much you paid <laughs> no. for that. And then, of course, ultimately, I felt so bad about this, but ultimately, I couldn't use them yep. because it had to be round-trip trip travel. So you had to be yeah. leaving from the States, going somewhere else, and flying back. And I wasn't doing that, so I had to figure out the Taiwanese hospital system that they're fantastic and everything else, but in that COVID test, yeah. they, they didn't have it streamlined yet yep. because they didn't need to yeah there you go another <laughs> another yes yeah so jumping to a topic that i don't really know if i want to discuss but in the interest of <laughs> journalistic integrity i will ask you is there any time or situation of, of something i was doing that made you especially nervous i know as my mother you you love what i'm doing but you're always you know just a little bit Concerned, yeah. worried, nervous? Um, I don't know what the right word is. But is there... Probably not worried, but nervous. Yes. Is there anything as specifically that jumps to mind that was yeah. a little bit more... Yeah. Planes flying from China, flying over Taiwan. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that was... That's interesting because yeah. I was really worried about that, and yeah. you were the one to reassure me. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me just stay here, as uh-huh. all you mothers and fathers know... We want to be listening ears to our children in situations like these and not project our fears onto mm-hmm. you. So I just tried really hard <laughs> to be positive and listening and not imagine China yeah, dropping so something on. What, what we're talking about is, oh gosh, I don't even know. I don't think it's still going on to the level that it was. Uh, but last summer? Was it last summer or was it? I think it was last summer. Yeah, Last spring. 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 I yeah. think spring. Last spring, China started flying 
dozens, dozens. and dozens of fighter jets yep. a day over not Taiwan's right. specific airspace, not the country itself, but over the neutral space that they yep. are not supposed to cross. And so every day it was Taiwan scrambling the jets to go meet these Chinese fighter jets and escort them out and have terse radio exchanges with them and everything. And in the country, my the expat friends that I had in Taiwan, we were very, very nervous about yeah. this. I will say that my local friends and connections that I spoke to seemed less concerned. And I don't want to paint the whole country with one brush, right. but... That does seem to be the case. And I highly recommend the John Oliver segment from late last <laughs> summer about this because he covered Taiwan. Yep. He talked about this. And they interviewed someone who basically had the same reaction, a Taiwanese man who was kind of like, well, this is not great. I don't really like this, but, you yeah. know, it's not not something I'm overly concerned about. But I was really worried about it. I did put together a go bag for both that and earthquakes. earthquakes. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, it definitely made me nervous. And I always got on the phone with my mom who told me that it was no big deal. And there's no way China would ever do anything. Exactly. Well, and it's in this ev evolving world right now, I don't believe from what I read and hear that, that planes are going to fly over, <laughs> except Ukraine, yeah. and drop bombs onto Taiwan. Mm -hmm. the, their invasion would be a, a different way. Economic sanctions yes, and all of exactly, that. Yes, exactly, yeah. exactly. Mm -hmm. But when you see those fighter jets, mm -hmm. yes, I, that was nerve-wracking. Moving on, the, another, <laughs> just, again, this is my not having been much in Asia, but when you went to Hong Kong, mm -hmm. um, yeah, I was nervous about that. Mm -hmm. I'm so glad you were going, but again. So glad I went when I did. Sorry, yes. not to keep getting political. <laughs> <laughs> That's because I'm on. <laughs> yeah. Um, mm -hmm. I was happy you went to Thailand with another person. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. it, just normal things that yeah. when you're, even though you are so level-headed and you know what to do, and anybody listening to your podcast knows you know how to be mm -hmm. when you're by yourself. So switching to a different perspective, I get a lot of reactions when I tell people where I've lived or what I've been doing, and that's sort of why I started the podcast. <laughs> but I'm just curious as to how people react to you. I mean, not that I assume that I always come up in conversation, <laughs> but if I do, people say, you know, you have a daughter, where is she? What is she doing? Mm -hmm. What are their, What are the kind of reactions that you get when you tell them? Yeah. Well, the first one, the most fun, was your grandmother, your Nana Phyllis. <laughs> she loved what you were doing. Absolutely was your champion. Mm -hmm. And everything about it, she thought it was so cool what mm -hmm. you were doing. Other people, I get two reactions. Mm -hmm. One is they're so concerned for your safety. Yeah. People my age, mostly, so the, we're talking 60s. 50s, 60s, and on, mm -hmm. um, their first reaction is, is, it gonna, is she going to be okay over there? Is she going to... And I try to calm them down. You know, Marjorie, it, don't worry about it. She's having a good time. She's totally safe. Mm -hmm. And then the second reaction is for your dad and myself, mm -hmm. which is, oh my God, how do you handle her being <laughs> in another country on another continent? And we try to ensure them that we are so happy and we enjoy this. Mm -hmm. We got to go to Taiwan. Yeah. We got to go to Austria. Who knows where we'll go next because you'll be there to, mm -hmm. to show us around. Um, 
it really does surprise me, those two reactions. I get that sometimes on the flip side, less often, but I've definitely heard like, oh, your poor parents, you know, how do they feel about this? I'm like, well, you know, probably (laughs) nervous, but (laughs) I don't know. Yeah, yeah. So parents, just let them be and have a good time. (laughs) So I wanted to think about some specific situations that just pop into my head again, like between us with the whole travel thing. And we'll see if you thought of any more. But the, the very first one that jumps into my mind was when we were on the phone. I was in Taiwan and an earthquake hit while we were on the phone, and I w- got under my desk, and it kept going. It was one of those longer ones. I was on the phone, and it was going and going and going, and I was not talking because I had to focus on the fact that there was an earthquake. Um, so I think I just kept saying, like, yep, still going, yep, yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what was that like? Or or any, you know, Taiwan started to have a lot more earthquakes yes. in the last year or two. So. Yeah. The first year I was there, yeah, there was maybe one or two that I barely felt. And then in the last year, it was like dozens that were substantially sized. So I was starting to get more and more freaked out by earthquakes. On the flip side, also just more and more used to them at the same time. (laughs) Um, Yeah, but but that whole whole situation or that specific moment, what was that like for you? Well, I hate to be repetitive, but when you were... I certainly remember being on the phone with you during that one. And again... I'm just trying to stay level so that I don't put any fear into you that doesn't need to be put there. Mm-hmm. Um, I really do feel, think how long Taiwan and these buildings have been there, or Taipei and these buildings have been there. <laughs> and we got to experience an earthquake while we were visiting her mm-hmm. and a typhoon. Mm-hmm. So going through those things as well helped to calm us that okay this is what it is it'll be over with mm-hmm. um so just keeping that perspective yeah i was nervous mm-hmm. talking to you on the phone and then this last year when they when you were there and they were so many mm-hmm. um, but again countries that live on these faults generally know how to deal with it yeah yeah that's but true. i liked the to-go bag that's a great idea <laughs> Do a whole episode on what to put in your to-go bag for <laughs> yeah. earthquakes or hey. China's invasion. <laughs> or forest fires for us here. <laughs> yeah. And then the other one, not to dwell on like the, the disasters, but what was it like as the pandemic unfolded? Because the, the tables very much turned midway through when that whole thing started. When it first broke out in China, we were very much aware of it in Taiwan uh, way back in January and February of... 2020? Is that when that happened? (laughs) Um, And similarly, I remember being on the phone with you, being not very worried, but definitely anxious about this thing. And no one in the West seemed aware of it yet. Maybe it was on some like Asia pages of CNN or whatever, but it wasn't a thing yet. And then conversely, when it hit the U.S. really hard, Taiwan was fine. We were chilling there with, you know, wearing masks indoors. And that was about yeah. it. Yeah. So what, again, what was that whole process like from your side? Yeah. Um, we didn't take the COVID seriously in the beginning, like you're saying. Mm-hmm. What we, the little bits that we started re- hearing about in February, the end of February or so, were... Asian. Mm-hmm. And there have been in our life many things that have stayed in a continent, yeah. in a country, 
originated there and then just stayed there. So that was a long time ago before, you know, travel is like it is now. So, you know, no, I, we did not take it seriously um, until we got the call from you and your sister oh, yes. saying, get home. We were out camping. I yelled at my parents. <laughs> it was re- kind of refreshing. <laughs> it was wonderful to know that how much they cared. Yeah, we were out camping and we surfaced to internet. We hadn't had any. And there were messages from our daughters saying, we don't, it's here in the United States. They might lock down the borders of the states. Mm-hmm. You know, none of us knew in March what this was going to be like. You know, one of the things in the, the, I was so happy you were in Taiwan because Taiwan did such a great job mm-hmm. of tracking and, and quarantining and all those wonderful things. Mm-hmm. And I boasted about Taiwan yeah. over and over and over again. As it got into to, 221 and you were housebound a lot uh you know wearing the mask constantly teaching your classes on zoom yeah and that started to raise awareness level of psychologically this is affecting people um quite a bit and that's not good psychologically no Agreed. <laughs> that was a very rough time. That was a few months before I came back to the States. Um, but it was exactly what, or maybe not exactly, similar to what everyone else in the world experienced yes. two years before. Yeah. And it was for a much shorter period of time. I mean, it was interminable to me. But had I stayed in Taiwan, it would have been over. And it was, I mean, it was over for Taiwan in a yeah. couple months anyway. Yeah. But yeah. 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 Well, I'm I'm just curious because so many people when the outbreak first began in Asia, so many expats fled mm-hmm. and went mm-hmm. back home. Yeah. Um and so was there any you know, did did people expect me to do that or did you have any desire for me to do that or was no. it just not a thing yet at the time? No. Um people asked about you coming yeah. back and I would just give them the Taiwanese Yeah cheer and say <laughs> no she is so much safer over there i want her to stay there yeah um I, and it, i was grateful you weren't on some jaunt which you had been yeah and when you got back but i was just so grateful you were there that i let everybody know oh yeah that she's much safer <laughs> than we are you know and again we here in our little town mm-hmm. did not have it near as bad as people in cities yeah um yeah but yeah was there anything else that you wanted to add of like a, a significant thing that we experienced on other sides of the world or anything like that? Not that's fine. Uh, no, it's, it is, <laughs> this sounds so minor. It is the time difference. Really. Oh yeah. No, that is a very good point it's, because that it is minor, but it's something that we have consistently yep. dealt with for <laughs> Whether you were in decade. Europe. Or, yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, just it, at times it's fine and dandy, and at times it's frustrating. You really need to or want to get a hold of them, and yep. it's the middle of the night. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Or just get something done, and remembering you remembering. Well, it, it is the middle of the night here, mm-hmm. and I can't help you out. Yeah, and go to the bank or wherever. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, that's a very good point. So unless there's anything else that you would like to add, <laughs> in which case, please do. My last question is. Is there anything that you would say to parents, especially nervous parents or parents less inclined to this type of lifestyle, 
uh, whose child wants to study abroad or move abroad or travel extensively (laughs) or any of that. I know throughout the people that I've met doing similar things, their parents have a wide array of Mm -hmm. ways that they've reacted to this. Mm -hmm. And I I will say that you are right up there with (laughs) with the best reaction, the best support, I think. But yeah, but parents have a a huge range of responses to this. So is there anything that you would say? Yes. (laughs) Get on your soapbox. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And it's kind of what I've, my theme all along Mm -hmm. is parents, this is not about us. It is about your child. So don't put your own fears, don't put your own expectations on your child. Let them experience this fully themselves. Mm. And if you are really terrified about this, do try to encourage a um, a study abroad because, mm-hmm. man, the safety nets there are just wonderful. And as well as Marjorie's recent, oh dear, was it called STEP? Oh, yes, Steph, the Smart Traveler Enrollment Program. Yes, for the State Department. Uh, Mm -hmm. What a wonderful thing we have. Yeah. Um, You in your country and me here at the U.S. to know that we can get hold of the State Departments. But I just, you know, that's a great way to get your feet wet, the study abroad, um, and be in a supportive environment. But once again, and I know this is really hard for a lot of parents, but it's not about us. It's about our kids. I appreciate that. So, happy Mother's Day early. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> and thank you for joining us again. Aww, I still anytime. said it before, most popular guest. <laughs> I wasn't at all insulted when my download numbers spiked when she came on. <laughs> no, I love it. So you can feel free to send me or my mom any questions, comments, stories, anything like that. I'm sure she would be happy to answer anything from the parent's perspective. And I would love to know what your parents' reaction to you studying or traveling abroad, if you have, or what they think about it, if you are thinking about it, all of that. You can send anything to goingoutyourdoortravel at gmail.com. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook at goingoutyourdoor and on Twitter at goingoutyour. Until next time, this is Going Out Your Door. (laughs) 